Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Greetings, folks, and welcome to TFL Talking Trucks, where today we're going to be discussing outrageous and I think awesome vehicles in some cases, from the SEMA show for 2021, and also some special pricing news from the Toyota Tundra. Yes, you guys have been asking us, um, we are overloaded with your emails and messages about 2022 Tundra pricing. Right. We have it. Yes. Right now, it just came off the presses like this minute. Um, and also, I just get got back from SEMA, and I walked a lot, and I saw a heck of a lot of trucks. And you put out a ton of videos. I think you may have broken the TFL record <laughs> for solo videos on, on any particular car auto show of any sort. I well, mean, tons. Thank you, Nathan. But it wasn't just me. Uh, I also had Case and Alex. Uh, on my on our team, right, there, right. They were running to the craps tables for you while you were <laughs> filming solo. I, I was, yeah, I was betting. You know, World Series was on too. Yeah, yeah. So those crazy kids went out there and were betting for you. No, we're kidding. You know, no, it's a whole team effort. But the point is, is that Andre cranked out a ton of videos in a very short amount of time. And one thing I want to get to before we actually get to the show is that for those of you who've not been to SEMA, which is I forgot what the acronym is. Is it Specialty Specialty Equipment Manufacturing Association? Right. So initially, this is a show just really for aftermarket parts and whatnot, and it's really become a car show now that has aftermarket components in it. Yeah, and it's really, I mean, so this year was kind of an interesting year because of COVID, of course. Right. Uh, The show... You know, they announced the show is happening. This was several months ago. Mm -hmm. And some people were still, you know, a little bit, you know, apprehensive about it. They weren't sure, you know, what's going to be the rules, regulations, etc. But the show moved on. It was was on. It was actually really cool. It was bigger bigger than it has been in the past. You told me that they opened up the other hall. Yes. So um, in Vegas, this is Las Vegas Convention Center. And they had several halls already, the central, the north, the south. Right. Sometimes they had exterior tents, yeah. you know, many, many tents. But now they also have the West Hall, which by itself, it looks like to be the same size as a Denver Convention Center. The entire Denver Convention <laughs> so Center. So this is like quadruple Denver. Like, this is huge. So if you think about the fact that the SEMA show is now, and still is, one of the most popular car shows out there, never mind the fact that it's really supposed to be for components, parts, and whatnot, uh, it, it's pretty amazing. So one of the things that they've been doing in recent years is they've really been focusing on trucks. Big surprise, trucks are the biggest selling vehicles in the United States. And as such, the biggest selling online place to find any information about trucks happens to be tfltruck.com. Thank you, Andre. Thank and you. also, of course, our video uh, channel, TFL Truck. Um, and the reason I mentioned those two things, once again, is that I was thrilled that I was not there because my legs would have fallen off <laughs> considering how much walking. He put in over 20,000 steps, guys. Yeah, so <laughs> I had my phone was rolling um, and was counting my steps. I was approaching 21,000 steps. 
in one day. In one day. Um, <laughs> That's pretty impressive. It was multiple days, of course. Yeah. Um, but that was my longest day. The biggest day was 21,000 steps. Uh, but um, and the show is really you know it's not a super public show because it's for industry people. Yeah, even though everybody pre- finds a way to go. It's yeah, and ridiculous. also there's an ex- uh, um, outside areas where anybody can come and see yeah. and watch. And also on Friday, which is actually when you're listening to this uh, podcast, right? Um, in Las Vegas at the SEMA show, there's a little bit of time where they're letting public anybody in. To see the some of the exterior interior halls um, and stuff, so let's obviously do the outrageous trucks. Yeah, Tundra pricing. We want to thank some of our Patreon That's supporters. That's exactly what I was going to get to. Yeah, so thank you for Patreon.com/tflcar. That's our only Patreon page where you can donate to us and support this show. And all of our YouTube channels. The only way Andre was able to get to SEMA and with the crew. Well, was I, I was able to buy new shoes, which <laughs> I needed. <laughs> which you desperately needed for that show. Yeah. So we wanted to thank our Patreons. Thank you very much. All of you, thank you very much. Without your support, we would not be doing what we're doing right now. And most recently, we had Jim Anderson and Mike uh, support us on the site in a huge way. Oh, wonderful. Thank you, guys. Once again, we appreciate it, and we couldn't do it without you. So should we move on to the – I know people are dying to hear about your picks and what you, uh, what you found interesting. Now, if you're listening to us as opposed to watching, behind Andre is a photo actually from one of our stories where you see two very different pickup trucks. One is a to- the new Toyota Tundra, highly modified, and the other one is, I believe, a Chevy Silverado of some sort. But Beast! It's really hard to tell that that's a pickup. Yeah, and it's really, you know, really not, doesn't look like a pickup. You're right. They're calling it the Chevy Beast. And, of course, the Toyota truck uh, that you can also see. And we have videos about these as well on TFL Truck, uh, which is the Toyota Tundra, the new one, the 2022. They call it the TRD Desert Chase. Basically, it's there. It's a vehicle that you can, on 37s. So, actually, one of the several themes from the show. First, most trucks had a tent on top of it. Uh, second theme, most trucks had 37s. <laughs> so giant wheels, everybody's pitching a tent on the roof of their vehicle. I totally get that in so many ways. There you go. Um, and also big power. There was another theme. Right, right. So, so a lot of power. Now, the Toyota Tundra is an all-new truck, and we're going to get into the weeds with the Toyota in a little bit. But the vehicle behind him, uh, I believe in your video, you called it a Raptor fighter or a Raptor killer or something I, like that. I would... Yeah, I would claim that. Well, I don't know about killer yet because mm. we haven't driven this right. Tundra yet. Uh, I think one of the words we used was Slayer. Uh, uh, slayer, pot- okay. Potentially Raptor well, Slayer. Killer Slayer, come on. Okay, so so let's just talk about this Tundra. Also talk about Tundra pricing because that's very important. So you want to get to the pricing now? Uh, yeah, so okay, this, this t- uh, Tundra, just before we get to the price really quick, uh, was done by in conjunction with TRD. Mm-hmm. TRD is, of course, an in-house... Uh, division of Toyota, Toyota, Toyota Racing, Racing Development, development. Yeah. yes, and they worked with a builder um, to help finish this project, obviously, and it's using TRD parts, which is kind of exciting because this is a concept truck, this Tundra Desert Chase truck yeah. is a concept, but it's using, but the parts were developed in-house, which means... There's it, a p- possibility that this could become a production truck. Totally. And they didn't say that, but I was poking it them. It looks like it, though, yes. doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it was pretty cool. So, uh, speaking of Tundra, let's dig into the price because yes. they just announced pricing. Everybody's been waiting for this. So right. Fire I, it up. I appreciate it. 
So the 2022 Tundra SR, which is the base model, which only comes the most affordable Tundra truck is actually the extended cab. They call it the double mm-hmm. cab uh, with a six and a half foot bed. Starts at $35,950. This is before destination. So thirty-five nine, almost thirty-six grand. Okay. And right now you're probably saying that sounds like a lot. Yeah, but it's standard. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. With the twin turbocharged V6 and the 10-speed automatic transmission, those are standard, right? Yes. Also, what's standard is their latest driver assistance technologies, which uh-huh. is they call TSS 2.5, Toyota Safety Sense, which is an adaptive cruise control system, right. uh, emergency braking, blind spot monitoring, uh, reverse assist. That's a lot of technology. By the way, the new 2022 Tundra is all new. Yeah. It has a new frame, new suspension New system, interior, new, new exterior. New interior, yeah. new exterior, different configurations, new engines. Right, no more V8s. Yes. So so the price did go up a bit, uh, but what, what, what we need to do is compare it to the competition. All right. Because, well, as you know, all trucks are getting more expensive. There's, so it's a sign of the times right now, sadly. Yeah. So, so this Tundra, by the way, that's a two-wheel drive price. Mm-hmm. That thirty-five thousand nine fifty, the destination charge is one thousand six ninety-five, almost seventeen hundred dollars. Mm. But Toyota was also very uh, careful uh, with with how they structured the destination charges. You know, a lot of companies may have like a blanket price. Yeah, a lot of them a- do blanket across, across yeah, the even board. if you live in state where the damn car is built. Yeah, but so for cars, the destination charge is just over one thousand. So if you're buying a Toyota car, like a Corolla or a uh, Camry or something yeah. like this, your destination is price is actually dramatically lower. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're buying a big truck, which is big and heavy, it may kind of make sense that the destination charge is a little bit higher. Transporting something yeah. like that costs a lot more money. I get it. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's the pricing breakdown. So now I guess um, the key is, well, how does it compare, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how does it competition? So let's... Take a look at, um, well, should we go from the least popular uh, seller to the most or the most to the least? I don't think it really matters, okay. honestly. Okay. So whichever one works so, easier. So yeah. how about Nissan Titan? Okay. Nissan right. Titan is the least popular in the segment. As, as far it's as sales. Decent truck. Really yeah. is a very good truck. I love that uh, V8. It's fantastic. But how but, does it compare? So the Titan, the new one, and by the way, they haven't announced 2022 pricing yet mm-hmm. as of as of today. Right. Um, this is 2021 pricing, which our trucks are still available. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a King Cab, which is their shorter cab, and once again a longish bed, which is a, usually a six and a half footer. A starting price of thirty six thousand nine fifty. So this is before destination charges, guys. So all the prices that we're going to be talking about now is before destination. Uh, why? Well, because that's one of the easiest ones they list. Yeah. And also, right now we live in tough times, and no matter what we tell you now, it could be not, very different when yeah. you look it up or go to actually buy. So. But this is just apples to apples pricing, right? So this Titan thirty six nine fifty is about a grand more expensive than the base Tundra. Yeah, but it does come with a big package as well. Yeah, and a giant V8. So the Titan comes with a 5.6 liter V8, 400 horsepower. Mm -hmm. So kind of Nissan just went all in on the power right there. And, of course, a lot of other features are included. Uh, Of course, the power on the Tundra is a little bit lower because they derate their SR base truck twin-turbo V6 
just slightly for well, uh, I don't know. They why. never told you why. Well, they I was said, guessing effic- efficiency. That was my guess. Well, efficiency, maybe simplicity. They called it more simplicity, but mm-hmm. I think they're trying to come on, come in with this, you know, really affordable uh, base price. Uh, next up is Ram, Ram fifteen hundred. Okay. So Ram fifteen hundred, their shorter cab is called Quad. So every manufacturer calls their cab something different. Well, of course they do, because God forbid it be easy. <laughs> yeah, Quad cab, which is a shorter four door cab. Uh, and the base RAM starts with a Pentastar V6. Right. So was that the 3.5 liter? 3, 3.6, yeah. 3.6 liter, sorry. Um, and the starting price is 33975 which is about $2,000 cheaper. Yes, but it's also, I mean, the Pentastar is actually a very reliable uh, engine from you know, my perspective, but it's nowhere near as powerful as the Toyotas. No, and we've towed with uh, Ram 1500 with that V6. Yeah, and it's, you know, and it's okay. It, you know, one of the times we towed with it, it was st- starting to get hot. Right. You know, it's just, it's a good engine if you're using the truck as a runabout, mm-hmm. but it's not a great engine if you want to haul or tow. Especially up to its limit. Uh, yeah, so... And that kind of makes sense why the price is a bit lower is because mm-hmm. that's a base engine, which is different. Right. But Ram, you know, they also have V8s and a diesel and whatnot that are available as well. Um, and then next up is the Chevy Silverado double cab. Mm-hmm. This is, a, once again, their four-door shorter cab right. uh, that they have and with their standard bed option. That one starts at 34300 mm. Uh By the way, the new base engine... Because that, remember, that's it's a, a turbocharged. Yeah, that little four-cylinder. Well, little. That's a four-cylinder. It's a 2.7, right? Yeah, yeah. So the That two, is an interesting engine. Yeah, the 2.7-liter turbo is now in the 2022 Silverado, which is a base motor, which is kind of exciting, actually. Yeah, there is one issue, though, that I have with it, and you know what it is. Does it have to be uh, with gears? Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. That's right. It comes with the 8-speed automatic transmission as opposed to the 10-speed. Uh, Toyota comes standard with their 10-speed. They have no other option. Uh, GM is still using their 8-speed. We're not big fans of that uh, transmission. We know that it, they, you know, it has a checkered past, so to speak. But at the same time, you know, it makes the truck cheaper, I suppose. And um, they're only running that turbo with that transmission. Yes. Um, so that's new information there, 34300 once again. So this is about a... $1,500 less than the Tundra. And finally, the F-150 XL Super Cab 6.5-foot bed, which is their base uh, F-150. Right. Uh, two-wheel drive. Once again, all these prices are two-wheel drive. Yeah, just rear drive. Uh, yeah. For comparison. Uh, that one comes with a 3.3-liter V6, which is non-turbo, mm-hmm. which is their base motor. Uh, 33375 So that's, once again, actually, that's... That's the most affordable current price. That's a 2021 model. Mm-hmm. So I think what Ford is doing there is they're offering, you know, the base engine once again, non-turbocharged. Right. Um, and that's one of the ways they're bringing the price down on that truck. Which makes sense. But once again, it's, you know, if you look at Nissan, that's a standard V8. If you look at Toyota, it's a standard twin turbocharged V6. Um, if you look at General Motors, you've got that really powerful four-cylinder turbo. And then Ford has this, it, I wouldn't call it anemic, but it's just not very powerful. And Ford and Ram are staying with this naturally aspirated right. V6. Right, but, but it yeah. makes sense for large fleets, uh, people who do not need to tow heavy loads. Mm-hmm. Um, they're relatively efficient engines, both of them. And these are, you know, if you need a lot of trucks to do something and you don't need to haul a whole lot, maybe that makes sense. 
Yeah. So just to recap, so the new Tundra starts at about 35950 um, It's closer to the upper end of this beginning pricing structure. Right. But if you talk about top end, uh, the nine, uh, 1794 edition Toyota Tundra, the new one, mm-hmm. which is their most luxurious kind of plush model. Right. That is their top of the line, right? Um, they do not have pricing for the Pro because the TRD Pro is only hybrid powered um, and it's not coming until March. Right. For those of you who don't know, there's a hybrid powertrain that is will be available with the Tundra, but it's not coming out for a little while. Yeah, so none of these prices are including the hybrids, uh-huh. and none of this is including the TRD Pro. But the 1794 edition, which is their most, like a Western-style truck, right? Yeah, like very, the King Ranch and yeah. some of those other ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. so very luxurious. That's going to start, uh, and this is one of the highest prices with a four-wheel drive, longer-bed crew cab, $61,020. So $61,020, this is four-wheel drive Tundra, most luxurious with basically most options right there. Andre, that undercuts some of the other guys. Yes, it does. Yeah, we just recently had um, some pretty high-level trucks so, that were more expensive. Yes, yeah, so we recently tested the F-150 King Ranch, Yeah, uh, which had a hybrid and every option at about $76,000. Yeah. But so... You could still probably add options to the 1794. I'm sure you could. But it is, when you look at that uh, um, luxury truck versus luxury truck, um, the Toyota is still in that little bit more affordable sector. Interesting. So Toyota's kind of playing the middle game right now. They're floating between you know two different points. They will have their V6 hybrid powertrain out relatively soon. Yeah, so we still don't have EPA... Numbers on that hybrid. We still don't have price on that hybrid. So we still don't know a lot, quite a bit, because it's coming in May, I'm sorry, March to April. Now, uh, I'm just going to say it, and and I know you agree. Obviously, Toyota benchmarked Ford when it comes to their powertrain because they were looking at uh, V6 turbos for efficiency and for, you know, having a a smaller carbon footprint and more power. Uh, These things are, are powerhouses. And then on top of that, um, they also are doing a 10-speed automatic transmission. Surprise, surprise. General Motors and Ford also have 10-speed automatic transmissions. So Toyota is now, instead of doing things differently, in many ways they're doing things that are very similar to their competitors, with the exception of exterior design, because that truck looks completely different from the competition. Yeah, I would agree completely. And also, if you would were to ask some of the Toyota guys, uh, that actually, you know, a marketing this truck, the new uh-huh. Tundra. Uh, I think that would say that the Tundra is uh, a little bit more of a lifestyle truck. So mm. um, not super like fleet focused, you know, mm-hmm. like some of the others, like Ford and Ram and right. Chevrolet maybe. So it's a little bit more for the person who needs a pickup truck, but also wants to go out on the weekends, um, which is why, you know, they have the TRD parts and everything else for I it. I totally get that. But you know who else is using that type of jargon? Yeah. Nissan. Well, yeah, yeah, okay. and and it's not working out well for them right now. Well, I'm just well, saying yeah, uh, it's it's really so not. That's not me. That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not blaming you. Sorry. No, no, no. I, 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 I got point. you. It's, I got it's, you. I think that uh, to- it's it's a funny thing because there are people who absolutely will only buy Toyotas, and I get that. And those guys, a lot of them do work, you know, on the ranch or do work hard jobs where they need a work truck. So. I get what they're doing, but I think that they're being a little, uh, uh, perhaps they're blind to what a lot of people are looking for. Sure. Yes. So 
I mean, that's one of the reasons you cannot do a two-door Tundra. Yeah. It's not available. Uh, the Tundra will be available with an 8.1-foot bed. So if you do want that gigantic bed, it is available with their access cab. Right, so that's, um, which is their smaller uh, cab. Yeah, but uh, once again, you know, the, re- the reason why their pricing is at about thirty-six grand is because they do not have that simple cab and some of the other simple engines. Uh, that others and one have. more note before we move on is that as far as we know there will be no heavy duty version of it whereas a Nissan sort of kind of has a heavy duty version and all, of course the big three have heavy, heavy duty trucks exactly so so there you have it guys so we do have pricing online configurator for the new Tundra is not out yet mm-hmm. I was hoping it would be do you have a story uh, on TFL truck about the uh... yeah so tfltruck.com if you're listening to this or watching this and you want to learn more about the pricing because there's no configurator yet go to tfltruck.com we, I have a table there uh-huh. uh, where I list all the pricing so you can see it Sounds good. So shall we move on to some unusual vehicles over at SEMA? Uh, Outrageous. Outrageous. So that's kind of what SEMA is about. And through the years, uh, outrageous was a key word, right? Uh, Because you want to attract attention. It's about uh, accessorizing, attracting attention, doing something interesting and wild. In the past, I've been going to SEMA for 25 years, I guess. So for a while, they used to have, you know, pardon the expression, I'm not trying to be rude, but they called them booth babes, which were usually scantily clad, um, you know, women who would jump around the product and try to bring you in that way so you come and look at it. And they've really put a big kibosh on that. They really don't do that very much now. What they are doing now is making these super wild one-off trucks or cars that bring you in to see the product that they're pitching. Because it really is about the product at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, because SEMA realizes that it's popular with audiences, they're going to say, okay, well, we're going to rate these vehicles and do some judging and whatnot, especially on unique builds. So there's that component as well. And now automakers are bringing their new cars to these events as well. So SEMA is no longer just aftermarket stuff. It is a full and complete everything you want with cars and trucks. Yeah, and if you were to walk right now through SEMA 2021, you would see a variety of stuff still. So, oh, yeah. Like, we're focusing on pickup trucks right now, and that was kind of the majority, mm-hmm. probably, of the of the vehicles. But, of course, you can see, you know, a Ferrari uh, in, in racing spec Ferraris. You can see hot rods. Uh, you could see some electrified vehicles, right? Mm-hmm. And by electrified, I mean older classic vehicles with replacement electric parts inside of them. Yeah, Ford did that, didn't they? So yeah, Ford rolled out an F100 mm-hmm. electrified vehicle, uh, which was using some of their electric components that F100 they wanted. F100 was from, like, from the 60s, right? No, this was a 78 was or a late 70? 70s. Really? Okay, I want yeah. to solid we, profile. Uh, actually, we have a 1965 F100, right. uh, which is a different story <laughs> for, for another day. Um, and also there's companies like Legacy EV, mm-hmm who specialize in this. So if you do have an older vehicle, it doesn't have to be from the 70s or 60s, mm-hmm. any vehicle. Uh, you can actually replace your internal combustion engine with a lot of their parts and kits. Right, and turn so, it into an electric car, basically, which I think a Bohanka would work perfectly with. Yeah, I would love to do it to the Bohanka <laughs> because right now, you know, it's not passing emissions that great and, you know, it's leaking oil. All and, that and it has, what, 50 horsepower? And it has 70 horsepower. 70. Yeah, that's, It would be nice to have a little bit more power <laughs> and actually move down the highway. You right. Know? So, so let's talk about some of these uh, vehicles over at SEMA. Yeah. So 
let's start with approachable stuff and okay. go more outrageous as we move on. That sounds great. <laughs> because uh, we, you know, we read all of your comments uh, as, as much oh, as, as many, we can. As many as we can. Yeah, sometimes, you know, because we get thousands of comments a day, it's hard to read everything. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of you guys and gals tell us that that's great to see a Chevy Beast on 37s, but that may not be built for sale. Mm-hmm. So a lot of you uh, guys and gals want approachable stuff that you can get. Right. Um, something that you can acquire realistically and not have to shoot for the moon or build something that costs $300,000. Yeah. So let's start with Honda. Honda. So, so Honda had a big booth. Uh, I'm talking about Honda Corporation, not just other Hondas that are modified, mm-hmm. right? And they had several things. Uh, mainly, my eye, of course, went to the Ridgeline. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, this Ridgeline was built up for overlanding. Mm-hmm. Actually... <laughs> Funny enough, so I was there with Case and Alex. Yeah. So Case di- recently did an overland journey uh, through Utah and Arizona. Right, right. And in one of the vehicles he drove was a Ridgeline. That was the same Ridgeline that was ah, in the SEMA ah, floor. Ah. He actually walked up to it and he kind of looked up in the tent. He's like, but I've slept there like several nights <laughs> in Utah. Oh, so he was at the, he had felt attached yeah. to it. So he had an attachment, which is really funny considering he's – more of a Cummins big diesel guy. Yeah, so so that was interesting. But what he didn't see when he drove that Ridgeline mm-hmm. over miles, tens of or hundreds of miles off road, right? Uh, they put um, a hitch mount and motorcycle carrier, and they had a little Honda Trail hanging on the back of it. Oh my God, that would have freaked him out. I know because we could literally use that. Yeah, because Honda Trail actually we TFL bike. We've just been reviewing one. Right. And uh, so Case was upset. I was like, why wasn't that bike there when <laughs> I was there? <laughs> so so they had uh, there uh, that they had also had the Passport, uh, you know, the crossover mm-hmm. on the Passport which Trail. Which is the smaller version of the Pilot. Uh, trail Sport Edition, which is kind of their off-roady uh, vehicle trim. Yeah. Now, that just recently came out, and I believe it's essentially tires and wheels. Yeah. So, but, but also some accessories oh, like bumpers some. and uh uh, hitch mount and but that's that's stuff that you can get and put on it. It's not stuff that comes from the factory. Uh, well, yes, and but also like Honda accessories. Mm-hmm. So Honda approved parts, right? That were designed kind of together holistically. And Roman and Tommy actually did the video about that. Right. A lot of those parts, so you can watch that as well. So those were there. Uh, of course, the guys Alex and Case also jumped on the Honda Civic Si. And also the Civic Si race car mm-hmm. that they had there, so you could watch all that. I want to make a quick comment about that. Uh, the Civic Si, we are going to be reviewing that very shortly. We B and I, uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Um, it, around the same time as the LA Auto Show, and there'll probably be an embargo on certain things. But shortly after that's reviewed, hopefully we'll be getting one very soon in Colorado where we can put it to the test. So. Uh, we're, we're waiting on hearing some good news about that, but it sounds like it's all moving in the right direction. So let's continue. Yeah, and that comes na- uh, later in November. Yes. Yeah, that's coming very soon. So then Nissan, of course, was there. Uh-huh. Uh, and Nissan brought several things. Um, noteworthy, what was really cool to me, mm-hmm. was that they had um, two Nissan Frontiers there. Oh, okay. So they had the Nissan Frontier that recently completed the Rebel Rally. Uh-huh. So that was a cool truck, um, actually. And then also another truck that was showcasing their Nismo off-road parts, uh, right. which is a little something new. I mean, remember Nismo was a name they used on trucks In maybe 10 years ago, right? Right, right. Then they stopped. And then they stopped. Nismo was kind of a, their car performance right. brand. But now they're expanding it again to trucks. 
And I never understood why they stopped it. I'm sure there's some sort of, you know, bottom line from the automaker. You know, well, we just feel like it's just for cars or whatever. But guess what? Trucks are more popular now. Um, I'm glad they went back to the name. Uh, the cool thing about the one that performed in the Rebel Rally, that truck has a livery that's very similar to the ones from the 1980s. That, uh, you know, the desert running and whatnot. And it's a really cool looking truck, I think. Yeah. And, and you got close to it. And that, uh, yeah, and it was very cool to see. Um, and and it's, uh, but the beautiful part about those trucks, and Nissan is doing this right now, they're rolling out those parts available for you guys to buy. Yes. So we're talking about you know, suspension leveling kits, suspension mm-hmm. systems sh- with shocks. We're talking about larger wheels and tires. And by larger tires, I mean, I mean just beefier off-road tires. Right. Not just not those bro dozer wheels and tires. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little <laughs> bit later. The bro dozer, we'll explain that. Yeah. So there's other items like potential like like skid plates, uh, extra lights, uh, bumpers, uh, armor, like bumper yeah. inserts. Yeah. Um, yeah. So all those parts they may not be available today. But they will be available. Some of them are available now, and some will be available within a few weeks. And I got to tell you, I really, especially up close, I really like the way that Frontier looks, and I love the way it drives. I'm very happy with it so far. Uh, I think it's fantastic. So good for them. So, yeah, and actually, when you look at the current Pro uh, Pro 4X Frontier off-road trucks, uh-huh. which we tested recently. Yes, we did. Um, it needs a little bit more ground clearance. That was my feeling. I agree 100%. Yeah, so now needs more parts. Boom. Yeah. Put, lift it about two inches, put a slightly beefier tire. It actually makes the truck look more proportional, in my opinion. Yeah. And more capable. Right. And Nissan understands this, and they're moving ahead with this. That's all good news for you guys. Should we move on? Yeah. So let's move, move on a little bit. Once again, we're getting a little bit more outrageous as we're right, moving. Right, progressively moving. Uh, as we're moving forward. So let's come back to Toyota. Okay. Uh, because Toyota had a large display. <laughs> and so this one truck we already discussed, which is not, it's kind of a concept still, yeah. which is their Desert Chase uh, TRD truck. But man, that thing really does look like it could be built from the factory tomorrow. Yeah. And you know, the wonderful thing about this, it actually had the one-off carbon fiber wide body fenders, mm-hmm. which are hard to do yeah. and probably expensive because it's carbon fiber. Right. Real carbon fiber, not painted carbon fiber. <laughs> oh, okay. So, and the bed sides in the back were also carbon fiber. Um, updates. So I don't know if those are would be coming. Of course, that's a one-off piece. Yeah, it, it makes for a lighter truck, but a very expensive truck. Yeah, but they need something to cover those wheels because yeah. the wheels are wider. I mean, not just the wheels, but the suspension is wider, mm-hmm. uh, about two inches on each side uh, of width, which makes it look like a Raptor and like a TRX. Well, and, in terms of shape, it, it doesn't look like one. You know, the, the, the face and the that truck looks completely unique in my book, uh, especially compared to Ford and Ram. But uh, it looks like it's in the same pool as those other ones. Yeah, with because you can fenders. see the bulging fenders. Right. That's what I mean. You know, right, right. that's what I mean. You can kind of see the width of it, and mm-hmm. it's in that um, zone of like a Baja racing uh, vehicle. So wonderful uh, tube front bumper. But they also had something they called the Tacozilla. Oh, I love this. Yeah, t- yeah. tell them. Tell yeah, them. so it's a camper. Yes. It's a camper truck, which is once again retro styled. We talked mm. about the Nissan being retro uh-huh. livery. Uh, this is kind of like a Chinook from the 70s and 80s. Right. Toyota used to uh, sell a lot of their uh, small pickups to various coach builders who, w- with Dolphin and Chinook and, 
Uh, I think Winnebago even at one point, they had a couple of them. And they, they had different platforms. And one of the really cool ones were 4x4 four four old Toyota pickup trucks that, had, that were Chinooks. So they actually had a little bathroom, little place to stay and all that. And those things are super valuable right now. And I think they're making a bit of a comeback with this concept. Yeah. And, you know, what those old trucks were known for, of course, reliability, right? Mm-hmm, right. What is it? The R22 mm-hmm. um, engine. R20s uh, and R22s. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, the engine that goes forever, basically. They weren't fast. No, not at all. <laughs> Not a lot of power, but they did the job, and that was yeah. kind of the point. So, so now what Toyota is doing, so what they did for the show, they did one-off custom. So it's not something you can buy, but it's based on a Tacoma TRD Sport, which mm-hmm. was kind of weird. I was scratching my head, why did they choose a Sport, which is kind of like a street-based vehicle, but they completely redid it. Mm-hmm. I think that's why, okay. right? So they put new suspension under it. They put larger uh, wheels and tires for beefy off-road look. Um, they, of course, it was lifted slightly. It has a six-speed manual. They're a 3.5-liter V6, yeah. which is their gas engine, right? Yes, it is. Um, and uh, then they ripped off the bed, you know, that came originally on the Tacoma. Right, right. And built a custom steel tube sh- camper shell, mm-hmm. well, camper, uh, tall enough that I could actually walk into it. I'm just over 6'2", and I didn't have to duck. So, which is impressive. Which is a lot of height. Yeah. It was really nice, really cool. And it has, I believe, what, two beds? You can make a bed on top, and then the, the table will turn into a bed? Yeah, basically it has like a little dinette, mm-hmm. like you could imagine in most uh, motorhomes. Hold, hold like four people? Uh, yeah, so two people could sleep over the cab, so uh-huh. it extends over the cab. Uh, there is an air, you know, like, bed. Like a regular Class C motorhome. Totally. Uh, and then there's, once again, a little table that pops up or can come down mm-hmm. to turn into a bed. And then there's a full door, full height door for the toilet and shower. Far out. Um, and, of course, little stove, you know, a little sink, little um, a little fridge. Little fridge, little uh, oven. Yeah. yeah so stuff like, so stuff like that. I mean, it's self-contained. Uh, also, the step in height is pretty low. Mm-hmm. You know, you would think you would have to climb into this thing. Right. No, um, it, the entry is from the rear. So so you just open this full uh, height door uh, where the tailgate used to be. Right. Step into it. Boom. You're you're living in the cab. couple questions because I, I, I always dig motorhomes. Uh, does it still have the rear bulkhead going to the cab of the truck or is it open like an, a regular motorhome where you can get into the truck? Totally. So they did a pass-through. So they cut the rear... Uh, of the cab completely out. Okay. Uh, and the other part that was interesting, and I never understood, you know, the entire design and structure of it. Right. They actually uh, welded and glued this camper shell to the cab. And it was actually mounted, the, the shell of the camper was actually mounted to the frame using kind of hydraulic mounts similar to what be used for the cab. Right. But I was wondering what happens when it flexes, like if it goes off-road. Yeah, because it's it's now attached to the roof of the uh, truck. Of the vehicle, Right. Yes. Well, I'm curious about that, too. That's why I wanted to know about it. Um, one of the things that happens, some motorhomes that aren't that well put together can come apart when they're being jostled around a bit. But this looks Well, well this is not a production be- vehicle, right? I know, I know, but it looks production, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, or like and, future production. And, and they called it Tacozilla. I, s- I asked why. Well, they said, you know, they drew inspiration from Godzilla, obviously. Um, and there and there's a picture, there's a little logo uh-huh. of Godzilla uh, holding a big taco over his head. Okay. So I don't know why, but... 
but that's fine. Well, Tacomas are tacos. Yeah, they are, and Godzilla's Japanese, even though Ford tried to rip off and, and call their own engine uh, Godzilla <laughs> engine. Yes. Yeah. So, so anyway, so that was a, a lot of fun to see it. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. It's not on sale. It's not for sale. God, I wish it were. Uh, but it's something that maybe other companies could look into. Right. Well, uh, that's so, the point. So, some builders could look into. If there's enough fanfare for it, if there's enough you know, consumer desire, then yeah, someone might build it. And what I really loved about it, it's mid-sized proportions. Exactly. Right? It's narrow. It's not super tall, even though I could walk in, into it and inside of it. I think the roof height is around, I want to say, 9 to 10 feet. So, you know, some motorhomes could be 13 feet tall. Oh, easily, yeah. Um, so you could still go in, under most trees um, in this vehicle. So that that's really cool. The setup altogether is really cool, easy for maneuverability. I love it. Okay, let's move on. Yeah, so um, they had a couple of other Toyotas there. They had a Tacoma Overland build, uh, which looked, um, you know, similar to what you would see at an Overland you know, gathering or like the on your trail, thing, yeah. you know, with a little rack in the bed mm-hmm. and lift and tires and bumpers. Um, and they also had, um, which was interesting, which they introduced last year, they cut one of the Tacomas in half, took its bed, turned it into a trailer, right? So they had a Tacoma towing another Tacoma trailer, basically. Right, right. So so that was neat. Because uh, last year they canceled the SEMA show. Mm-hmm. So... They just brought some of the older vehicles from older, you know, announcements right. to this one, which was cool to see. All right. So uh, are we uh, done with Toyota? We can move on real quick? Let's go to GM. GM, okay. Yeah. So the GM. Monster, whatever the hell G, that is. Uh, The Beast. Yeah, The Beast. The Beast. Uh, it was featured right out front in their booth, uh, right there. Once again, huge space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here's the other thing. Um, Not all the companies showed up at SEMA this year. Mm -hmm. So normally, as you know, when you're walking through SEMA, it's like shoulder to shoulder with with everybody else. And there are narrow alleyways between booths. Right. Um, This one wasn't the case because, first of all, there are a little bit fewer people. Yeah. But also some companies didn't show up, Um, you know, smaller aftermarket companies. Yeah. Um, So there's some space to actually spread out and, you know. That made it feel a little bit better. That's good to hear. Unfortunately, SEMA, unlike a lot of most other car shows, doesn't have a full day in advance for media to go in there and shoot. And I know it sounds like I'm whining about it, but the reality is in order for us to get really clean video, um, it's it would be great if we could actually go in there and shoot before then. I had a proposal, by the way. Yeah. Um, and I wanted SEMA to, to mention that they didn't, they didn't respond to me. Uh, they should let us in and call it like Midnight Madness, where after they close the show for the first day, they shut off the music because it sucks to try to do video and oh, music. Oh, yes, yes. And they, they leave the, the personnel, buy the products, everybody else gets kicked out, and they give us about three or four hours going up until midnight to run around with our cameras and shoot our videos with nobody on the floor except for us. I think that that would work for both sides, but that that's... Just something that SEMA doesn't seem to want to do yet. I hope they do in the well, future. Well, maybe we should push on them, push a little bit harder next year. Well, I'm going to um, have the king of trucks say something to them, so that's you. Okay, so you heard <laughs> it here first. Actually, I like that idea. Maybe not midnight. How about like 6 to 9 p.m.? I'm fine with it's that. It's Vegas. It, Dude, it's Vegas. It's a city that never sleeps. Well, exactly. I know that's a tagline for New York City. But, but truly, it really is Vegas. It yeah. truly is Vegas because at any time you can walk out into a casino. Right. And 
Well, know. and it behooves the 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 automakers and all the parts makers because they get one on one time with us or other outlets like ours who want to feature their stuff without having some dude going walking by. I swear to God, this happened to me once. This guy was drinking and he had beer spilt all over his shirt. And he came up to me. He's like, "Bro, I just want to give you a hug and I want to do it on camera." No, but you're actually doing something serious, which was presenting a video. Exactly, and he did yeah. it right in the middle of me presenting a video, which I had to reshoot. The point is, is that there's a lot of people there, and a lot of these people are, aren't really there because of their they want to buy something or sell something. They just want to look, and that's yeah. cool. But if they gave us time to do our own shooting, that would be even better. How about we move on to the monster, the, the beast, the beast? Yes, yes. It also happened to me. Uh, I had a guy who looked like a zombie. I'm not. I, I. I mean, he didn't have any makeup on. Oh, but 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 he was just like in a daze, walking through my camera shot. Uh, I I I don't I don't know what to say. I was, uh, thank God so, Roman wasn't there. Okay, we know that Roman would just freak on the guy. No, it's you know what though. It it this is part. This is the nature of the beast, and yeah. hopefully they'll fix it in the future. They still haven't, but maybe in the future they will, which will make it better for everybody. Let's move on to the beast. Yeah. So the beast uh, is interesting, and I. I know it's uh, kind of a dream vehicle, right? Uh-huh. It's a concept vehicle. What it is is um, they took a Silverado chassis, so basically the frame of a short cab, two-door cab, short uh-huh. bed yeah. truck, because um, they wanted the wheelbase a little bit shorter for great angles, right? Yeah. Um, they gave it a small lift, completely took off all the bodywork. Yeah, I can see right? that. The cab, the front, the bed, everything was off. Custom-built basically tube structure on top of it. So it really looks, you know what uh, a lot of you said, it looks like a Halo Warthog video game vehicle. I thought that that was a replacement for the uh, General Motors, uh, uh, whatever that Military truck? Yeah, 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 Yeah. the the one that Roman got to see. Yeah. It looks like, it looks very military. Yeah, it's also like military green. Yeah, that helps. (laughs) (laughs) So I I, I didn't want to like, so when I came up to it, I I wanted to actually dig down into it and all the specs. So it's got a supercharged LT4 6.2 liter V8. That's what I'm talking about. This is the engine that we wanted in a ZR2 or ZRX, whatever you want to call it. Yes. It's not currently available in a Silverado ZR2 because they're using a regular V8. What's the what's the output on this thing? Do you know, 650 horsepower. Now you're talking. Yes, and when we talk about super trucks, I know it's a term that not a lot of you like because no, you know, not many people can afford something that's powerful or that you know Raptor luxurious. GRX. Yeah, but I think. You know, that's like the Halo vehicle. Right. Uh, and I'm not talking about the video game. Right, right, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm talking about the vehicle that gets all of us excited. And, you know, we want to go into the, um, the dealership and actually buy something similar. Or online. Or I'm online. Kind of ticked off at dealerships. I'm sorry. Um, so anyway, big V8, supercharged V8. It's sitting on a custom-built suspension um, with a lift. It's got um, skid plates everywhere. It's got, you know, p- uh, seating for four. Oh, it's got two doors on it? Uh, kind of half doors. Uh-huh. Uh, these half doors. So it's like a side-by-side, basically. But the giant version or of it. Or a Wrangler. Or kind of like a Wrangler. Yeah. And then um, 37s, because mm-hmm. 37 is a new 35. Uh, yeah, apparently so. Yeah, so most trucks there were in 37s. Uh, and also, no leaf springs in the back. So they went to the five-link system that's now on the TRX, uh. that's now on the Raptor with coil springs. Mm-hmm. So it seems like the performance truck game is going really to coils 
and five link systems. Yeah, well, T- Tundra also went to Coils in yeah, the back, too. Yeah. So I wanted to mention something. For those of you who cannot see this, uh, the front end of the Chevy looks very unique. Uh, the headlights set up the hood and the, where it meets the front end grill uh, and the headlights. That, to me, looks like something that might be a future design for Chevrolet because they are updating their trucks, and they're always updating their trucks. And that, to me, looks kind of cool. Yeah, I would agree. And it looks cool in person. They had really powerful LED lights Mm -hmm. in this truck. Um, They just redid their trucks for 2022. Right. So this is probably the next gen. That's what I'm thinking. So I I, I like where you're going. Thank you. With this, because, you know, two, three, four years from now, don't be surprised if this beast face is on your truck in your driveway. That is, I think that could be the case. It looks really cool. Yeah. So fully custom truck, but they had other vehicles too. Mm-hmm. What else? So for example, they had a street, it was called Suburban Street. So basically a slightly lowered Suburban mm-hmm. on the flip side of things, hey. right? Thankfully, thank you for taking care of not just lifted off-road trucks, but also slightly, you know, street-based yeah, vehicles. slam trucks. Hey, okay. You don't, you're not a huge well, fan? Well, it depends on the truck, really. I mean, it's uh, whatever. Uh, we live in snow country, so slamming a truck doesn't make Which, a lot of sense. You could use it as a plow, maybe. <laughs> snow plow. But I'm, I am curious. So did they upgrade the engine or anything like that? On the no, it's mostly like accessories and oh, wheels. Okay. All right. um, but it, it, looks, it looks cool because, you know, the Suburban is a very big, you know, three-row full-size SUV. And it's, so it's kind of interesting and cool to see it a little bit lowered with slightly larger wheel, mm-hmm. uh, about a 24-inch uh, rim okay. uh, on the wheel. So they also had an um, Overland Tahoe, which is on the other side, of course. Right. Slightly lifted Tahoe, you know, with a tent, of course. It has to have a tent. Of course. Uh, and big, bigger tires for off-roading. It was really cool. Then they had a couple... Can I talk about a couple cars? Are we allowed? No, but you, you go ahead. <laughs> this, is, this is your uh, you know, talk show, so... <laughs> We don't like cars here. So they had a project vehicle for their new, you know, you would think everything would be electrified moving mm-hmm. that direction. But they, they just announced a 632 cubic inch. This is like 10.4 liter naturally aspirated big block. Oh, that thousand V8. horse. But yeah. Yes. And that engine was there at, at their booth, but it was in a 1988 Camaro. <laughs> Remember those 80s Camaros? I, I they were very I cool. I had an 84 Camaro. Yeah, those are really cool Camaros. Yeah, very square. Yeah, uh, and the um, they teamed up with Hoonigan um, to bu- make this build. And the hood was had to be removed because this engine is so giant. Yeah. It was really leaping out of the car, basically. Uh, but it was so awesome to see. And they made it to a four-speed automatic. Uh, I'm sorry, four-speed manual. Four-speed manual. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, no, maybe automatic. Anyway, four-speed, okay. be- because to handle that torque... I- I'm going to guess it's like a 400 uh, transmission or something like that. So, a 1,000-horsepower engine in a Camaro. Question. Yes. Can that fit in a truck? Yes. Ah, now we're talking. But they didn't have that at the show, but Damn it. but why wouldn't it fit in a truck? Yeah, I know. Seriously. Yeah. So, so uh, by the way, 93-octane, okay. so regular pump gas can be used in this engine to make 1,004-horsepower ridiculous so really no superchargers needed no turbocharging needed i mean of course you could but none of that is needed because you can just put this lump of an engine in there and have wonderful sound and insane power i like where this is going it's isn't that crazy that it's coming from general motors who announced that they're going to you know all evs in the the future there was a gmc hummer electric you know next door right well there are actually there's supposed to be three hummers that were on display 
one of them was actually the Hummer SUV. Mm-hmm. And then the other two were the pickups that yes. had some accessories on them. I actually did the story for you on a TFL truck. Um, so that's GM. Is, was there anything else noteworthy from General Motors? Well, there's a Corvette Z06 that no. was sitting there. We're not talking about Z06. Okay, okay. Uh, but the, the, the GMC Hummer EV yeah. had a tent on it, of course. <laughs> right? Because why not? I'm surprised that they didn't put a tent on that Camaro. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody gets a tent today. Yeah. Um, uh, what about Ram? Should we move the Ram? Yeah, yeah. Let, let's go. Let's go because we need to move on. Yeah, well, yeah, I know. Well, so the show is so large. We could sit here for eight hours probably talking about it. Yeah, well, we are really trying to get to lots of different points in commentary. So uh, Ram and Jeep uh, were there in full force as always. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, they called, of course, their booth was called Mopar because mm-hmm. that's their aftermarket accessory division, right? Yeah. and so is Actually, JPB. not aftermarket. This is... In market, <laughs> yeah, this this is their their components yeah. directly OEM components. Yeah, and of course they work with other companies, mm-hmm. you know, to supply some of them, like Fox, for example, mm-hmm. for shocks and others. Right. Um, so it was really cool to see there was two uh, trucks at, or Jeeps or trucks that caught my eye. Uh, so let's go to one of them, which was a three-row Wrangler. Yep. I know it's not a truck. Well, but it has a frame. It has a frame. It's a Jeep, and it has three rows. We did the story. It's on tfloffroad.com. Yes. And that vehicle, it's interesting because they've actually – people have done three-row Wranglers before but used the Gladiator platform. We actually mm-hmm. did a video on one. Mm-hmm. This is a Wrangler yes. that's been stretched out. Yeah. And, and I was confused about that at first. Yeah. But then I was there, and I saw it, and my confusion was cleared up. But it has a really cool roof. Yeah, so it has a, and I spoke to the chief designer, uh, mm. Mark Tr- Trussell. Oh yeah. Um, Mark Allen wasn't there, but oh. Mark M- Mark Trussell was uh, in charge of these builds. Right, right. Um, and it was really he explained it all to me, which was really cool. So first of all, they took the Wrangler, um, they kept the wheelbase the same, the doors are the same, everything is the same there. Right. Then uh, after the rear axle, they stretched the vehicle about twelve inches, mm-hmm. just a foot. Uh, but that was enough to put the uh, proper third row seat where, you know, behind the second row. Right, where you can hold two passengers. Uh, I got inside. Mm-hmm. I was able to crawl inside. Oh, did you go to the third row? Yeah, I did. Can you fit? So, so I, I, I fit without one exception. My knees were up up to my chest. So the, the, so the roof has a bump in it. So mm-hmm. it's like stadium seating almost. Right, safari roof. A safari roof with windows. Mm-hmm. Very similar to some of the... Like an old like Discovery. The, Discoveries or Defender mm-hmm. currently. Um, so it has a, a actually a lot of visibility. I had a lot of space above my head. Mm-hmm. I, will, I want to say like five to six inches of space above my head, but my knees were in my chest. So this is a backseat for kids. Yeah, but it's not production. So we have to say, so it's an exploratory exercise to see what you guys think of this. It's highly popular. Your story about this was on our website was very popular. Uh, so, uh, so if they were to productionalize this, a couple of things. Mm. Move the third row seat a little bit higher. That will give you a little, a little bit, bit more, more drop. Yeah, because they can't really lower the frame. The right. frame is underneath you, right? So you can't really go deeper into the vehicle, but you can go a little bit higher. And they're probably thinking about center of gravity and, and safety. Oh, who, who things. cares? Yeah, well, it, it matters <laughs> off-roading. But one of the things about this vehicle, and keep this in mind, is that, you know, once again, if there's enough people out there who clamor for this, 
it might be something they'd consider. And I don't think it'll cannibalize too many sales from their other three-row SUVs that are coming out because this is, you know, a stiff-legged off-road machine, whereas in other Jeeps, like the Wrangler, or sorry, not like the Rubik, ah, what is it called? The, the Wagoneer, that's it. Yes. The Wagoneer and the Grand Cherokee L. L. Yeah, yeah, those are also three-row, and those are much more expensive, and they're also built for a plush on-road ride. Yeah, I would agree. So this would be, you know, hard, but you could put it in the Rubicon, like you said. Yeah, exactly. Uh, with lockers, all that stuff. Then you're just serious yeah. off-roading. You could take your family with. So there you go. Um, the other truck was their uh, TRX Rex Runner. Yeah, what which, is that? Which, which is showing off some of the accessories that are currently available, but it's also a TRX on 37s. Uh, I, I wasn't able to get out of them if it's actually coming to production, the 37 mm. package. But it makes sense because the Raptor has a 37 pack. I'm, so. I'm almost guaranteed that they'll do it. So it's probably coming very soon. Yeah. Uh, that's my feeling. That's not an official statement from, from Ram. Then there was another really cool truck, um, which was the Ram 1500 Outdoorsman. Yeah. Uh, Outdoorsman is a name they've used before on other trucks, previous generation of trucks. It was a really cool package. Uh, now it kind of went away for a few years, and uh -huh. now it's back as this concept truck. Uh, which is basically a two-inch lift on 35s, mm -hmm. but it starts as a big horn, so it's got kind of a more basic interior with six-person seating, mm -hmm. you know, with a so jump center seat. So council, actually. Is yeah, uh, and, and more features, which I'll tell you, to you in a second, mm -hmm. uh, because I, I just want to briefly mention the Ford booth um, and then tell you my pick, my most... So we're going to uh, jump right to Ford right now? Yeah. Okay. How about that? Without telling them anything else about the outdoors? Because I'm okay. saving it because it's my saving favorite. Okay, there was one more thing. It's not exactly a truck, but just so you know that there was a special edition, limited run uh, Dodge Durango, um, tr which was there. I, I, I know it's one of your favorite SUVs. Uh, it is, is if that it, fair it, to it, say? it well, yeah, if it has the Hellcat in it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this one ha is is based on an RT, and it has um, so it has the you know smaller Hemi in it. And it's a limited run of 250 trucks that's special Mopar package. And you should be able to look it up pretty soon, but I'm pretty sure all 250 of them are going to go away really quick. So very limited run on that one. So continue. Let's move on to Ford. Yeah, Ford, once again, big presence at the yeah, show, big booth. Um, they had all their truck lineup is there, including the Maverick. So they had several Maverick pro project trucks. I saw a slammed one. That kind there of was a slammed one. We have a video about that on our TFL Seymour Insider uh -huh. on TFL Now channel, so you can check it out. They had a slammed Maverick. They had a slightly lifted Maverick. They had a couple of Ford Rangers. Um, they had several F-150s, including a Raptor. Mm -hmm. um, and then they had Super Duties. So, and the Ford Lightning. Uh, I mean, the Lightning wasn't modified, it was just a standard. It would have been uh, interesting to see that modified. Maybe next year. Maybe next uh, year. I have a hunch they might be working on something. Uh, what, my favorite Ford display, Ford truck display, <sighs> I hate to say this, but we just tested this, um, F-150 Tremor. Mm. Um, but this Tremor was, had, was decked out for our Overland mm -hmm. Adventures. So it had a roof so, tent. Yes. How did you know? <laughs> it's crazy. How did you know? So it, it did have a rack with a roof tent. Then it had that awning that's like 270 degrees where it oh, kind of yeah, unfolds. You spread it out and it goes all the way around yeah, the truck. Yeah, so it kind of goes all the way around the truck, almost all the way all around. Right, yeah. um, and then they had a pull-out kitchen sink mm -hmm. because you have to uh, pull out kitchen. Yes. Um, so it had a – you know, it was wonderful. It was a pool kitchen brand, mm -hmm. which is powered by the DeWalt battery. 
So you you know you some sometimes you bring tools with you, mm-hmm. and they actually use the Dewalt system. I don't know why Dewalt. It could be any power tool, right? But their water pump on the sink for the kitchen mm-hmm. was powered by a power tool battery. I'll be damned. Very simple, very you know, but it works. Um, anyway, and then not to be outdone by anybody, they had a movie theater. Yeah. So they had a, a movie projector underneath the tent, mounted right there in the rack system, and was projecting uh, a movie. They were watching a movie during the show For uh, on the awning. You I know, bet they, you it wasn't Ford versus Ferrari. I don't <laughs> think it was. I, I, I thought they were watching Tremors, actually, oh, okay. Okay. Well, which was sense. very appropriate. Yeah, it's rather appropriate. Uh, so that was kind of a cool build because it, it encompassed, because it also has a 2-kilowatt you know, inverter system yeah. on that truck. So you have some power. You can run a projector, for example, right? You can run your tools or maybe your sink pump, right? Right. Um, so I think it was a kind of encompassing what I, you know, in my dreams, because, you know, I like movies. You know, yeah. You know, go out there and set up your movie theater right there. In the middle of the woods. In the middle of the woods. So It's kind of cool. Uh, that, that was a highlight for me. Okay. Um, then, uh, so... How about this? I'll tell you my favorite okay. pick, and then a couple more outrageous things. Yes, please. So my pick is the Outdoorsman, the Ram Outdoorsman. So that's why you didn't talk about it much earlier. Uh, because here's, here's two reasons. Okay. So it showed like a list of five parts, uh, f- about five parts you can already buy mm-hmm. from Mopar and Ram. And uh, why is that interesting? Well, first of all, you can, you can go anywhere else. Uh, for accessories parts, but when a manufacturer does uh, accessories, it's warranted. Mm-hmm. It is more expensive, right? But uh, your dealership can put it. Uh, that's why it's warranted, right? Right. And it can also be rolled into your price if you're buying, you know, financing your truck, right? Which people so, go crazy with you. So it works from that standpoint. Also, Mopar. I think because they've been doing it maybe the longest, uh-huh. or you know, have more experience with this. Um, it's it's to me my personal because we've gone to Ram dealerships and Chevy and Ford, and to me I think Ram and Jeep know how to do it the best. Okay. Because that's the experience you get. You know I, I'm not going to disagree with you there either. I, I've had really good experiences as a journalist going to some of those dealerships and special you know things where you wanted to get com- custom parts. And they make it really easy for you to see what's available and how to. Put and knowledgeable, it. they're knowledgeable right. about it. Right? Yeah, I'll give them credit for that. Yeah, this this is not the case when you go to some other manufacturer. I'm not going to name names, but a lot of other manufacturers, when you go for accessories and parts, they're either not knowledgeable, as knowledgeable, or it's not as clear what's available. Or they can give a crap about the fact that you're even there. Yeah. So so I have to give uh, Stellantis, I think, a little bit of props yeah. in this department. I, no, I, I agree with you there. So, but, but that's beside the point. Okay. The Outdoorsman had a really cool tailgate design, which is kind of similar in a way. Um, so the, you, know, the, you know how Ford just did kind of a ruler-based, kind of a worked surface yeah, uh, yeah. on the tailgate. Uh, well, they took the step further because it was a track system where you can mount different clamps, 
And I, actually, I like working because my garage is so busy with other crud yeah, I believe me that sometimes I work on my uh, tailgate outside uh -huh. in the driveway. This would be perfect for me, you know, clamping pieces of wood, cutting, uh, doing that type of work. Using the truck as a multi-purpose tool, which yes. most people do. Yes. Well, many people do. Yeah. Then inside, they had a little work surface in the center console, mm -hmm. even though it was a six-person configuration. Um, well, Ford also has a, an option like this. Yes. Uh, but I, I really loved their execution of it. I think it was really cool uh, because it's just enough space to put the laptop or something in there. Mm -hmm. um, so that was really interesting. Then their rack system was height adjustable in the bed. Mm -hmm. So you can put it lower for the tent. Or if you're carrying long lumber or like long items like can canoes or something, you can raise it above the a roof and carry gotcha. long items. Uh -huh. That was a concept part. That was really cool. Um, and also, and Alex liked this uh, a lot because Alex ha owns a Ram Rebel. Alex, uh, they put a vacuum underneath the rear seat. Oh, that must he must love that. Well, he has dogs. Yeah, that's what I'm Dog before. hair everywhere. Right. And now there is an integrated vacuum system where you can go. And is that something that will be available or might be available? We don't know. Ah. But if they get a lot of positive feedback, because, you know, the Pacifica, Chrysler Pacifica, I think, has a vacuum cleaner. Yeah, so I'm not mistaken. Uh, one of the competitors. Does yeah, as well. so several competitors. So are they turning the truck into a minivan? Well, no. No. But it's an accessory that you could buy. It makes it that much more utilitarian. Not only that, but you don't necessarily have to use that in the truck. Yes. You can go and vacuum something else. I, I don't know exactly what, but you could. Well, your tent. There you for go. For example. Yeah, you run so around. So anyway, so the, those parts, although some of them are concepts still, like the roof rack, was uh, some of it was custom uh, mm -hmm. concept parts, and the vacuum wasn't for sale yet, uh, but it could be. Um, yeah. and, and because of that, it's also two-inch lift. Uh, 35s are easily fittable. So that's my pick for a really nice, accessible uh, accessorized truck. Great. Let's close out the show with a couple of your picks with wild trucks. We saw outside there was a Quake LED booth. Uh, for LED lights. Uh -huh. They had a, a, I think they call it the freak show build uh, competition okay. or co co concepts. And they had a Jeep Gladiator on 83s. Yeah, I saw that picture. Now, once again, he did say 83s. Yeah, I did not make a, a mistake. I did not have my ruler. <coughs> I did not have my measuring tape. So I could not measure the wheels and tires. But they were bigger than you. They were, they were basically taller than me, and they were basically like tractor tires, pizza cutters. Mm -hmm. but, so what they did was they took a Gladiator. They extended the hubs uh, basically with adapters. I want to say like a foot or two out on each side. Uh -huh. And that allowed them to bolt these tractor tires uh, and wheels and tires to it. It just looked absurd, but that's what SEMA is about. Right. And so uh, if you look at it from its profile, you're <laughs> barely able to see the actual Jeep behind it. You only really see these two massive wheels. Yes. And I, I think you can technically drive it around the block, but I wouldn't recommend. Obviously, it's not legal because it's too wide and it probably doesn't turn. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's might inspire the next generation of what we call brodozers. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, uh, there's a huge trend right now in the truck market where people will lift a truck, but then put these little tiny, really, really, really wide wheels with low-profile rubber on them onto these trucks. 
Um, so you've lifted it and lowered it at the same time. <laughs> uh, it's true. And then, yes. and, and then you know, it's, it's really for looks because it doesn't help performance at all in any measurable way. And uh, I'm not a big fan, if you couldn't tell, but they had a ton of them at SEMA. I mean, a ridiculous amount. Yeah, and they're generally outside. Yeah, uh, the outside display, so you can see them out, outdoors. Super chromed and, and like, yeah. And this is, I mean, this is just basically a status. You know, if you if you want to do that, it's kind of, kind of like you're just showing off your money, I guess. Or I suppose so, but at, at the same time. You have taken the most utilitarian vehicle on the and planet, made it almost unusable, almost undrivable yes. in, in some cases. And a lot of other people, you know, they swear by them. They do them here in Colorado. It's actually a popular trend. I cannot wait until snow starts. That's going to be fun. And then the other half of it is that um, it's actually legal uh, in many. Um, well, because much. if you're making it wider and you're not covering it with mud flaps or fenders, or fenders, that's illegal because you're throwing rocks at people behind you, which is something that really sucks and it's happened to me before that's yes. one of many reasons why i dislike it but anyway a lot of bro dozers there bro dozers were there uh this jeep on 83s uh, i wouldn't even call it a bro dozer it's just it's just insane you um, cannot turn in that other than no. maybe like three degrees yeah and then there was a bronco that looked green so i came up to oh, it oh i know this a- one. and and at first uh, case and i and alex we thought it had uh, astroturf turf uh-huh. mounted to it uh, on the body, but it was a live Chia pet. So uh, somebody got a new Bronco, which are impossible to find. Brand new. Brand new. And they coated it in Chia pet, yes. basically. So yes. it's now a living, breathing. But it's thing. everywhere. Every door had it the hood, the front fenders, the rear fenders. Some of the roll cage <laughs> tubing had Chia oh pet my God. Uh, in, the, in the back right. as well. So. Uh, well, at first, well, I actually pet it a little bit. Oh, so uh, they tell me I could if I was gentle. Yeah, you were you were making nice with 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 the organism. That's that's wonderful. <laughs> Great. But but they were there watering it all day, <laughs> so there, it was outdoors at the outdoor display. Uh-huh. So they were watering, and it grew half an inch according to them, while it was sitting there. So I thought they were offsetting their carbon footprint. Yeah, uh, with this. Probably not. Although, you know, if we did take Chia Pet stuff and slap it on a whole bunch of cars, I'm sure it would create some sort of sensation. Well, I don't know if it will survive going 75 on the highway because I don't think they're hurricane proof. Yeah, I'd um, really like to see that, though. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, I know they're doing outlandish and kind of tongue in cheek, but knowing how difficult it is to acquire a Bronco, I mean, at least they could have used a Bronco Sport, right? I mean, at least Dude, they could have done that. That was another trend. Almost, I want to say, 70% of booths, which is hundreds, had a Bronco in it. Regular Bronco. So, so if you cannot buy a Bronco, most of them are in Las Vegas. <laughs> They're in SEMA. That's where they are, guys. So yeah. your, your order is pending because of them. <laughs> so uh, so anyway. I, I, it's irritating, but it also doesn't surprise me because it's a super popular vehicle for good reason. Yeah, but guys, I really love the concept of this outdoorsman. Um, I saw everything, like I said. We saw pe- dr- trucks on 83s. Yeah. We, tr- we saw brodozers. We saw slam trucks. We saw lifted trucks. But I think the, this outdoorsman had the most utility and usability that I really liked. It didn't have a movie theater. 
So that was, it was a slight lacking. I'm sure you can call up Ram. I, I could say, probably add to it. Yeah. Hey, yeah. listen, guys, Ford did this. Why aren't you? Yeah. And so they'll have two movie theaters <laughs> next year. And that's the good news. Um, every year, SEMA seems to outdo themselves. And now that they're back, and, and it's a huge thing for them to be back because it really is a show that you can't really do virtually, right? You could sort of fake it, but in reality, you need to be there if you're interested in this stuff. And the good news is it is back, and they've taken precautions, and next year is looking like it'll be even bigger and even wilder. But with Nathan's idea, Midnight Madness. I think that's it's a great idea. I yes. really do. Yes, there yeah. you go. And I'll continue to uh, promote uh, that idea because, because it was hard to film with a lot of people. I'm not against people. I'm just saying when you're doing a story, you want to be focused on the story. Right, and, and, and outside noise and all that. And, movie, and there's, there's movie, really and there's people watching tremors behind you. <laughs> you know, that type of thing. And zombies walking through your And shop. zombies. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But the good news is you were able to handle it. You did a wonderful job. Uh, I think we have a lot, most of the videos are on TFL now, but there's also other videos on other uh, channels, right? Yeah, there's one on TFL Truck. Uh -huh. There's one on TFL Classics. There's one on TFL Bike. There's <laughs> many on TFL now. And I, I just off road, we, I think we off road. Yes, yeah. we had one on off road because Bronco DR, the racing Bronco, was unveiled. Well, there you go, guys. And think about it. That's why we have so many channels, right? Yes, that's why we can you know diversify and let you guys know and gals, of course, uh, know what's what and what's coolest and what's most outrageous. Fantastic. Well, guys, uh, I think we may have gone a little long on this one, but uh, you know we are excited. So. Please stay tuned. There's going to be more in the near future. And don't forget to check out those channels for all the SEMA coverage. Thanks to Andre. Yes, and of course, Tundra Pricing. Tundra Pricing, Tundra too. Pricing. Thank you. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.